Thanks for listening to the podcast from Jonathan Combs and the preaching team at Eastgate Church in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Check us out on the web at eastgate.church for more. And now, here's the sermon. Good morning, good morning. I've, uh, we're, we're starting a new series this time, and it's called Come Together. And so I've had that riff going on in my head nonstop for the last five days. Um, I also apologize if I'm a little crackier or, or stuffy sounding. I've, the allergies are really beating me up this week. I don't normally take medicine. I'm a person that doesn't really take medicine if I don't have to, and I've been on medicine this week. So um, I'm not on medicine today, so you don't get weird loopy me, but I am me, so you still get weird loopy me. I am not the normal pastor. If this is your first time in this church, I'm not the normal pastor. Pastor Jonathan, his family is away on vacation. If you're a working, if you're a working member of the family, like you have an outside employment job, please take vacations. Use your vacation time. It's good for you. Be with your family. Don't forget why you're doing all the work that you do and why you're going to get all the money that you're getting. Pay the bills. That's good. But, but also spend time with your family. Spend time with your family. So I'm, I'm honored that they tapped me in to cover here. Mike Laramie's covering the other campus. So we're, we're kicking it off. We're, we're coming together. So we're going we, we're, we're to take a, a bit of a different angle um, this time. This is a very familiar passage to a lot of you, um, but our, our, our theme passage for the, for the series is going to be Acts 2.44, and all who believed were together, and all who believed were together. And that's a, that's a hopeful message. So the verse we're tackling today, the, the, the passage we're tackling today, it's going to be one if you've been with this church for a while. You've, you've heard it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming at it from a little bit of a different angle, right? So I want to throw some stats at you real quick. The thing about humanity is, what, what, one of the things that I, I find interesting is very funny that God created man in his own image and then immediately said, it's not good for him to be alone. We're, we're a creature that's designed for connectedness. God is designed, he, he, he is, desires connectedness as well. And so I think it's not accidental that we were designed to be connected to each other. I think it's very important that we be connected to each other. And so I guess just take an inventory this morning to see how it is it, how are you feeling in terms of, of your connection? Do you feel connected? Are you lonely? Do you feel lonely? I sometimes find, especially when I start kind of when I do, I do this dumb thing where I have a normal nine to five job or whatever, and then I'll take side projects. And I sometimes find when I do that, it's nice because it's a little bit of extra money and, you know, we can, you know, repair something at the house that I don't feel like repairing with my own hands. And I can just hire somebody and they'll do it. It's nice. But I do find that when I start working like that, there comes a point a few weeks in and I realize that I've just disconnected from everybody. I, I, like, I, I, feel, I, just, I start feeling weird and, and like, kind of agitated and, and down. And I, and I go, what is going on right now? And then I realize that I'm, I'm lonely despite the fact that I'm in a home with a woman that I love very much, I'm in a home with a, a child that I love very much, and I'm talking to him, I forget to connect to him, because while I'm talking to him, I'm like problem-solving at the job work and problem-solving at the side hustle work, and, and, and like I'm always I'm thinking about something else, and I, and I forget to just be with them. Are you like that? Maybe you're going through a lonely spell right now. It's weird because we are the most connected 
humanity has ever been right now. Modern humans are the most connected that humanity has ever, it's never been possible to be connected the way we are. But there's a caveat, and that is that we're electronically connected to each other. So let me hit you with this. Here's some stats for you. 2019, nearly half of 20,000 adults surveyed nationwide reported always feeling alone. Gen Z and millennials rated themselves the highest in loneliness. The two most connected generations in the history of humankind report always feeling alone. 60% of those that responded felt like nobody really knows them that well. In 2001, Telstra did a, a, a study and it reported similar numbers, and Gen Z said they were the most likely to feel embarrassed to admit to other people that they feel lonely. That's the, that's the youngest generation. So now we have a generation that is the loneliest, and they feel ashamed for being lonely. They feel ashamed to tell people they feel lonely. Nancy Sakama reports that this loneliness leads to anxiety, depression, Suicidal ideation, terrible health, overeating, substance abuse, addiction, sleep problems. This loneliness affects not just our mind, it affects our body, it affects our actual health. In fact, research done by Douglas Nemechek found that loneliness has the same impact on your mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. 15 cigarettes a day. That study also went on to, to show that most people spend upwards of, I don't know how they classify most people. This is terrifying, though. I, I wish I could argue against it. Just like it's on, my, my knee-jerk reaction is like, that can't be right. I wish I had got some data. But that most people spend upwards of three hours a day scrolling on their phone. Three hours in a day doing this thing. Social media was designed to connect us. Crazily, it backfired. It connects us in a weird way. And if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Because probably if, if any of you are on, I mean, some of you are on social media, for sure, for sure. Any of you that are on social media are probably on it for the same reason, or you got on it for the same reason. And that reason is just kind of keep up with people. Keep up with family. Just kind of keep track of what's going on in the world. People you don't see that often. People you don't know that well. You just want to kind of, you know, see how everybody's doing. Keep up with, you know, the nieces and nephews or aunts and uncles or whatever. And so you scroll. Oh, cool, 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 cool. But... What you don't really think about that does affect you, that does impact you, is all the things that you see they're doing, they're doing them without you. So as you're keeping up with people, what you're actually doing is keeping up with what you're missing out on in a real sense. So while it seems like it's a, it's a way to stay connected to people, it's actually loneliness poison. Get out of your screens. Actually connect with people. So we're talking about this right now. I'm just talking about it from a societal standpoint, a cultural standpoint. But the same thing is church. We need each other. In this room right now, you're feeling lonely. Some of you are feeling lonely despite the fact that you're in a room full of people. You ever felt alone in a crowd? I feel alone in a crowd every time I go to, if I go to like a party, I'm not a party person, y'all. 
If I ever go to one, I'm there for like five minutes, ten minutes. I'm standing in a corner. I'm like this. Somebody was asking me why, why I didn't like it, why I don't want to dream. I was like, because I feel like I'm in a, a fish tank. Like I feel like I'm in a fish tank and like everybody is around me, but I'm just trying to get as much space as possible. And I have a lot of trouble connecting to people if it's not one-on-one like over a meal or something. So you can be around people, still be lonely. So don't fall into that trap. I'm around people all the time. Can't possibly be lonely. Take an internal survey. Because connectivity is about intimacy. It's about actual connecting to another person. It's not about being around somebody else. It's not about talking to another person. It's about talking to another person you care about, about stuff you care about. It's about listening to them, learning from them. Spiritual intimacy is the same way. It's about us coming together and growing our faith together, studying the creator of the universe, studying and celebrating the sacrifice that he made that we could get to him despite the fact that we were lost, broken. Touch. I'm a very tactile person. I'm a very, I'm a very like, touch person. Unfortunately, I have a flip side of that where I hate people touching me. Like I, I feel like this. Every time somebody touches me, y'all can shake my hand, it's fine. I've learned to cope with it. Um, I, I can, in, in, in short stints, I can do it. But then I go home and I take like a nine-hour nap. It's a lot of energy for me to like hug people and, hug, and shake people's hands. But I'm very like this. And so unfortunately, my wife gets the burn up because every time I walk past her, I'm holding her hand, I'm touching her hair, I'm touching her shoulders or whatever. Like, she's like, some, like she'll come in from like yard work or whatever, and I'll walk up and she's like, don't touch me, I'm hot, sweaty, don't touch me, I'll punch you. And so then I just kind of like orbit around her until she, like, are you still hot? No, you can, okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way with my daughter. You know, we're wrestling all the time. I'm, I'm a very tactile person. So, so you, you need that in your life. You don't get that from your phone. It's absent. Even if you're texting people all day, having even meaningful, important conversations, you're not hugging people. So this connection that we're talking about, this coming togetherness, I want to frame it in a different way than what we have always talked about because I think we're in a unique situation. We're in a situation where we can kind of trick ourselves into thinking that we're connected. But this, connect, this connectivity, if we do it the right way, we can gain blessings from God. Because the Holy Spirit has a solution to loneliness. The Holy Spirit is how we connect. When we connect with each other in a real meaningful way, It's not just our physical forms talking to each other. It's our Holy Spirit coming together because we are one. We are many, but we're one. We'll talk about that in a little bit. In the book of Acts, Luke describes how God blessed the first century believers as they devoted themselves to life together. God will bless us if we devote ourselves to life together. So what does that look like? Let's check it out. Our text today, if you've been here anytime at all, 242, Acts 242, you know this one. If you're new, get used to it. It's an important passage to our church. I'll explain why. Acts 242 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. 
And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I can hear some of y'all getting worried now. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Bless you. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. So if you believe it or not, there are three ways that we can experience the blessing of doing life together. The first one, devote yourself together as God's followers to see miraculous life change. Devote yourself together as God's followers. Where we get that? And they devoted themselves, there you go, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul and many Wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So this word devoted, it's, it's not, um, it's a specific word. It's the same kind of devotion that you would think of a marriage, being devoted to your marriage. So it's that kind of devotion. It's not just like a, a you know, check the boxes. It, it's like a, it, it, it means something. It, it's, it's important. Like how hard you work at a marriage. Notice that the, there's four little pieces here. Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, devoted themselves to the fellowship, devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. So those four pillars, if you're part of a community group, you're familiar with these. This passage is what fuels our need for community groups. It's what fuels our drives for community groups. If you don't know what a community group is, it's just a group of people that get together and, and during the week sometime and connect, love each other, pray with each other, eat together. Study the word together. If you're not part of it, jump into one. They're incredible. You need them. Study the, the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to it. They devoted themselves to fellowship, actual, like, genuine love for each other. Devoted themselves to the breaking of the bread. I don't think it's unintentional that it was worded that way. There's two pieces to this. Remember the Last Supper, Christ died and said, do this in remembrance of me. This bread is my body broken for you. This cup is my blood spilled for you. So they got together and did exactly what he asked them to do. That's awesome. Have communion together. But it also means just eat. Just eat. If you ever want to open up, so I work at a gym. I'm, I'm one of the like, coaches at a gym. And when you got a bunch of like these little like, you know, rough, roughneck kids running around fighting each other, punching each other, kicking each other. If I ever, if, if ever one of them's in trouble, I can tell it. And if I walk up to them like, hey, what's up? They're like, oh, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But if I ever go, hey, man, I got to feed you. When you what you doing? When, when are you available this week? I need to feed you. And they come over to my house and we eat. Conversation's way different. If you feed somebody, if you eat together, it's important. Because you connect. I think in some primal way, if you and I are eating together, we know that the world's okay right now. We're not, like, if we're, one of us is being chased by a lion, we're not eating together, right? If one of us is, like, in, in active distress, 
we're not eating. So the fact that we're eating together shows that we're prospering, we're doing well, and one of us is not getting attacked by a cheetah or whatever. So I think that's why that connection can happen. The prayers. Notice it doesn't say that, that they prayed. It says they devoted themselves to the prayers. They were devoted to them. The prayers were life. Sometimes I think I get in my own way of praying because it's time to pray. And I forget to pray when I need to pray. I get to work and everything's crazy and I'm like, I got to fix this. And I'm never like, God, help me. <laughs> and that's what I need the prayer. I am grateful at meals. So I do pray thanks for my meals. But sometimes I, I'm just, I really want to eat, God. <laughs> Can't I just thank you after? Got to do it before? Fine. I don't know if maybe your prayer life sometimes struggles with that a little bit. Of I'll, I say my, prayer, my prayers before bedtime. But devoted to them. Awe came upon every soul. This is the, one of the blessings. So they devoted themselves to these things. And look at verse 43. And awe came upon every soul. Awe is this word. We say awesome a lot. We don't really mean it. Oh, that movie was awesome. Not really. It was, it was fine. It was a good movie. It was fun or whatever. But it wasn't like, at the end of that movie, you weren't just like, no movie's ever done that to you. And if it does, you probably stop watching movies. That's too much. That's too much power. But that's, that's what this, this word awe means. It's like, it's like being so taken by something that you're afraid of it. It's so big. If, you may, if, you have, if you've ever stood at the top of a bridge and looked over, just like that big. If, you're, if you've ever done a roller coaster that like hangs you for a second, we, did, we went to Cedar Point and they had this roller coaster that just like stops you right at that part where you're supposed to go down. It stops you and you just hang there for a second. And the world's so big that you almost get dizzy. That's what this is talking about. That just the devotion to these things and everybody is suddenly just in awe of, of, of the world and what's going on. And here's the blessing that God then dropped on them. Wonders and signs. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. If you keep reading, you'll see that these are not like small miracles. These are like curing paralysis. These are like the things Jesus was doing when he was walking around and like, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. His guys were all of a sudden doing that thing. They were devoted. They were so devoted that God was like, you now speak for me. You are now my hands. What would it look like if we were that devoted? If we weren't Sunday churchers? The Christian body, let's just take in America, connected in this way and devoted themselves in this way. Instead of arguing about what color the carpet should be and making two or three other churches with two or three different colors of carpet. I can't control what happens in churches everywhere. I can control how I behave, how I devote myself to the church. The same thing with you. Don't get overwhelmed I'm just asking you, control your six-foot circle. Control the things you can put your hands on. Be devoted to coming together. John 14, 12. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do. What a promise is that? Malachi 3.16 And those who feared the Lord spoke with one another, and the Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. If we come together, God notices. When we're connected, God notices. When we're devoted together, God notices. It's possible to believe in God and not go to church. I'm talking to you, whoever's watching on the video. All y'all are here. I see you back there at your house on Wednesday or whenever. It's possible. I have friends. I bring this up to them. Maybe I'm going to send this link to them. I'm talking to you. It's possible to believe in Christ. It's possible to believe in God and not attend church. It's possible to believe in God, believe in Christ, and not attend community group. These things are possible. It's not possible to grow in God if you are not in church. It's much, 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 much harder to grow in God if you're not in a community group. If you're not connected, you will, you will be what you are, and that is what you will be. I am an incredible example of this. For 10 years before I found Eastgate Church, roundabout, I played Christian. I said the words, yeah, I'm a Christian. What, what, what in the past week have you done in, in the name of God? Nothing. The last year, nothing. The last decade, nothing. How, how are you different today than you were 10 years ago when you accepted Christ? Mm, pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. And then I found this weird little church that met in an old raggedy movie theater. I was like, this is my kind of weird. They have movie posters still on the wall of all the sermons. I was like, this place is a little out of the box. I like it. And I connected to it. Now here I am. I'm a different kind of Christian than I was. I'm an excited Christian now. I'm an angry Christian now. I'm fiery now. That would not happen without Eastgate, my Eastgate community. Would not happen without my community group. Wouldn't happen. I have proof. It didn't happen. And then it did start happening. So there are two possibilities here. Well, kind of, kind of three, I guess. That of people that I'm talking to. So I'm, I mean, they're talking to somebody who doesn't know what a community group is. If you don't know what it is, ask somebody. Or who's not in a community group, who's chosen not to be in a community group, maybe because, you know, life's too busy or whatever. Life's busy for us all, bro. Make it a priority. Or people who, ah, yeah, I'm part of that community group. When's the last time you went? Do they know that you're part of that group? It's been three, three weeks. I'm part of that group now. I hadn't seen you. It's important. That's how you connect. It's important to connect. We have to connect as humans. You have to connect to grow. The second blessing 
Share all things together as God's family to see everyone's needs met. This is the one where especially Americans go, Ugh, I don't know about that one. Ugh, let's check it out. Verse 44 and 45. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. This one gets political real fast, so I'm just going to kind of like dragonfly over it a little bit. But what I want to point out is that there, there are versions of this, even biblically, where it's not sell all your stuff and live as gypsies in a big caravan. Where it's not socialism or communism or whatever the, the political-ism that this would, would be, where everybody just takes all their stuff and puts it in a big pile in the middle of town square, and then when you need something, you take it, and whatever, whatever. This, what, I, what I want to point out is, even in this, they were still meeting in the homes of one another. So I'm sure there were some that, that just full-on sold everything off. But I think what this speaks to a lot more is just make your stuff available as well. Your stuff is not your stuff. Just like your kids are not your kids. Your stuff is not your stuff. I was blessed to get a home in Wilson. I was blessed to have a wife who told me I was getting a home in Wilson. Congratulations. <laughs> My first answer to the question was, where is Wilson? But we were blessed with this incredible home. If you've been to our home, it's dope. There's three of us. We got this big house. It's awesome. Kylie's running around. She's got friends. They're all just sprinting, and it's okay because the house is big enough to handle that. And we got this house, and I was like, man, what a blessing this is. And then I thought, man, that means I got to use this house for other people. <laughs> oh, he didn't give me this house with these extra rooms for me. And so I know I got to open my house up. When I'm meeting with people, somebody needs a place to stay, they're having problems. I got an extra room, dude. When we were in the mission field, there was a family that needed a place to stay. Right as we were leaving, strangely enough, I got a house. It's yours now. They ended up finding an apartment the week we got back. Weird, God. And then we left the second time. Another family lost their home. I got a house. That family had two young, like, teenage boys. I got some big windows in my house. It would have been real easy to be like, hey, y'all a little reckless. They're not my windows. That family are my brothers and sisters, though. I got a house. You're not homeless. As long as I got a home, you're never homeless. I feel like it can look like that. It doesn't have to be sell all your stuff and give all your money away. But you should have that kind of devotion. If you felt moved like that, you should move like that. If the Holy Spirit is hearing from God, no, no, no. He's talking to everybody else in this church but you. I want you to sell all your stuff and, and give it away. To have that devotion. And know that you've got a whole church of people here to help you. You're connected. You're not alone in doing whatever it is the Holy Spirit is telling you. You're not alone. You got God with you. You got an incredible church here with you. You got a community group that'll support you. If you don't, get one. 
Make your own if you need to. Galatians 2, I mean, sorry, 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. There's a flip side to this. Let your brothers and sisters bear your burdens. I'm commanded to bear your burdens. I can't do that if you won't share your burdens with me. You're taking away my ability to do what I've been commanded to do if you're hiding if you're afraid, if you're ashamed, if you're one of those Gen Zers that's ashamed to say you're lonely, you have to open up, you have to make yourself available, you have to make yourself vulnerable to be helped. 1 Peter 4.10, each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You are all uniquely gifted. Share your talents with each other. Share your time with each other. You're not going to like this part. Share your treasures with each other. If you know a family's struggling, help them out. Doesn't matter if they're in your community group or not. Help them out. Don't wait for them to ask. I saw this. This happened uh, in, in Uganda with us where we got sick all at one time. So it was Mandy, me, and Kylie. Our daughter. At that time, she was like six or seven. She was little. And she got sick. And when she gets sick, she gets like legit real sick. And then she got us sick. Because I figured out, there's this, there's this noodly thing that, that God has done where he, ha- he gave her part of my genetics and part of Mandy's genetics. And so the part of Mandy's genetics that gets sick of different stuff, like the stuff that I'm good at beating up, Manny's genetics may be a little weak or two, and then Kylie gets sick with, her, with that stuff, but then she's also, her body then programs it to get me, these kids. So she got sick, she got me sick, Mandy got sick, we all got sick at the same time, so we're all like this, it was like three or four days, we're all like fevery, gross. And like the third day, and this is going to sound like terrifying to you, but the third day there was like a knock, and it was the church that we were serving with, and there was like... 13 of them, 14 of them. What is this? What has happened? And so I got there. Every sheet in the house was dirty. All of our clothes were dirty. The food, like we were just kind of cooking like this and, and food everywhere. Like we weren't eating well. Everybody felt gross. We were just sleeping all the time. They show up, bottles of water. Hey, we're here to clean your house. Let's go back to bed. What are you talking about? For the next like two hours, just this, just a 15, 16 people doing our laundry, cooking for us. It was nuts. They just noticed we weren't at church all of a sudden. They noticed they just came to check on us, found out we were in distress. The minute one of them found out we were in distress, they were all there. That's just church. That's not Uganda church. That's just church. Y'all are a a small church body in number. Y'all know what's going on with each other. And if you don't, that's a symptom. Connect. Open up. Love each other. Ecclesiastes 4.10, For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Don't be that alone person. Don't be that person that's like, I can handle it. No, you can't. 
If you could, you would have. If you are still struggling, that is evidence that you can't beat it by yourself, whatever it is. Connect. Let people help you. Open up. How can you meet somebody's needs if you don't know them? Connect with them to know them. How can they meet your needs if they don't know them? Open up. Share all things together. Third gift, passionately worship together as God's people to see God add new believers. This one is so critical. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Amen. The Lord added to their number day by day. This one is a, a bittersweet one for me. Because I was thinking about the, uh, the what is it, Ashbury? Is that the one? The, the, Kentucky, the Kentucky one like a while back in Fe- February, whatever. Lots of students came to Christ. That's so awesome. And then I was curious, like, what's happened since? Where did that go? Why was that a news story? Because it's rare. That's hard for me to hear. Added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. This, this word together, worship passionately together, attending the temple together, this, this togetherness, this word, is a unique word. It happens 12 times, 11 times happens in Acts. And it's a word that's like, it's not just like being near each other. It's not a proximity word. It's like a, um, it's like a, uh, the, the two pieces of it is two actual words that are slammed together in the Greek. Um, and it means to rush along in unison, basically. That's the, that's the, to rush along and then in unison, boom, together. So it, it's, it's like a river. It's like to go as one unit. It's like music, individual music notes, but all of them working together in harmony, making one thing, one song. It's like that. It's that kind of together that they are unique to, each, to, to themselves, but they're also a different thing together. Acts 5.42, every day in the hemp temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. This is interesting to me because at this point in time, this is when the Gentiles are first starting to get involved in the church. Up to this point, up to the point of the sacrifice of Christ, up to where Jesus was born, it was all Jews. Jews were the chosen people. Israel was the chosen people. This is where Gentiles, me, start to get in on the action a little bit. This is, I find, interesting. And every day in the temple... That would have been a Jewish establishment at that point in time. There wouldn't have been a Christian church. So the Gentiles are now coming to the place of worship of of seemingly a different faith to get that study. I think that's interesting. I have to assume that their Jewish brothers and sisters were like helping explaining stuff to them and helping them understand it. But at this point in time, maybe it's that crazy God thing where they just heard it and they knew it, heard it and they understood it. But you'll notice that they were together, Romans 12, 5, 
So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. We are music. We are one together. We are the body of Christ. You do get to be an individual person as well, but you're bigger than that. You're part of me. I'm part of you. We're connected. John 13, 35. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How are we doing with that? Not a great track record in America. But we can control this room. We can control this town. We can control what we put out in the world and let people see what Christianity really looks like, what living for God really looks like. We talk about all the time, reflect that light, live your life in a way that people go, I want what they got. But it's even bigger than that. Because one of the things that the world is looking for is people that care about them. And so it's, it's more than just, I have God and that's why I'm happy. It's, I have God, that's why I'm here for you. That's why I got you when you fall. I don't care if you're not my faith. I'm not going to let your kids go hungry just because you're Muslim, just because you're atheist, agnostic, whatever. I got you. You're my brother. You're my sister. I got you. Because they're part of this too. They just don't know it yet. Or they don't want it. Or they're afraid of it or whatever it is. They're part of this too. Acts 13.48, this is the result. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life, believed. This crazy thing that this crazy Jewish guy started has now started to spread to the whole world. Thank God I'm not a Jewish guy. That was a weird way to phrase that. Thank God it happens to not Jewish people because I'm not a Jewish guy. Not thank God I'm not a Jewish guy. I wasn't born into the chosen people. I was adopted into the chosen people. I'm still a brother. I'm still a son. This, this spread that happens, it happens fast. When I was reading this, the, the thing that I kind of connected to me to, to was, I don't know if Pastor Jonathan has ever talked about when he, when he went over to Uganda and this church that was way out in the woods it's like a, it's, I can't explain to you how, the way, how to get there. It's crazy how you get there. I, I was hanging off the back of a banana truck. That's how I got there. Like I was literally hanging off the back of a banana truck over this cliff. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing from Zungu boy to do. When we got out there, there was nothing. And then they, the, the guys we went out with, church we went out with, they brought some lights and a generator and big speakers like this and pastor I was going out there with, I was like, what are, what are we going out here to do? And he said, we are going to light this mountain up like a Christmas tree. Top of this hill, we got out there, started setting the thing up. Boom, hit the music. It's daytime. All of a sudden, people start showing up, showing up, showing up. As the lights, the sun was starting to fade, turn the lights on. 
boom, all of a sudden, we're on top of this mountain. I am geographically aware of where we were. We were not in Congo, because I didn't have a visa to go in Congo, right? So we were in Uganda, right? I don't know if y'all know much about rural Congo. So as the lights were going down, as the sun was going down the first night, I, I turned around, I heard something behind me. I was kind of outside of the light, because I was like, I might have to make a run for it. <laughs> I turned around, and there was this dude walking up the path with a M60, full fatigues. And behind him was a line of dudes with like mortars and like just crazy. And I was just like, this is either, he's either on my side or he's not. So this is going to go one of two ways. And so I smiled and said, hello. And he nodded and walked up. And apparently there was a, among, among the pastorship, there was an ex-soldier who had convinced one of his old platoon mates to run some defense drills around this particular mountain to set up a perimeter just to, just to practice in case they ever had to defend this particular hill. So for three days... We were out there, sound pumping, lights, the whole shooting match. 58 Batwa people came to Christ in three days. That church that Jonathan talked about, I I was standing on the, the bare ground before they built this church. It's now one of the bigger churches in the area. It has an actual pastor who teaches actual Bible, because the rest of that area is this weird black magic hybrid of the Bible where they'll like pray and do chicken blood and stuff, like it's a, a hybrid thing. But this one church in this one area is teaching the true word of Christ, and it keeps growing, and it keeps growing, and it keeps growing. Because the human soul needs this. Even when they don't know what it is, even when they think they have, yeah, we already got that, we already got churches, The minute you give them the real word, they're there, they're thirsty, they need it. Our culture needs it. Those people running around out there, they need it. We still need it. You need it. If you're not a believer, you need it. If you are a believer, you need it. You need that connectivity. Because it's living together is how we grow together. Growing together is how we get closer to God. Amen? Amen? So what do we do with that? We devote ourselves to life together. We share all our things together. We passionately worship together. Let's start changing the world. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this place. Thank you for the love that you've put in this place. Help us to take your words and feed them into our heart. Help us to change our lives. Help us to come together, to open ourselves up and be vulnerable with each other. Help us to come together when we're afraid. Help us to come together when we're happy and excited. Help us to just be together.
These are your words. Help us to do that. Help us to get out of your way so that we can start being part of the change that needs to happen. So that we can be your hands, your feet, your light, your life. If you're in this room and you want to follow Christ but you don't know how, you want to follow Christ but you're scared, you want to follow Christ, you want to be part of that body, and you've never committed your life to it, that incredible news, doors wide open, is here for you, he's here for you, he's calling you, his hands are out, come home baby. Just acknowledge, Father God, I'm a sinner, I'm broken, I'm not worthy, but you are, and I want to be with you. And I know that you made a sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. And that he defeated death. And I want to trade my death for his life. I accept him. Jesus, I accept you in the sacrifice that you made. Lead me. I'm yours. There's no magic in those words. But God's in those words. Maybe you're one of the lonely ones in this room. Maybe you're the one feeling disconnected or feeling rejected. Maybe you're the one that's silently suffering, silently struggling. I got you. We got you. Pray something like this, Father God, I've tried to do it my own way. It's not working. Help me get out of your way. Help me to get over my fear of rejection. Because I know that you have never rejected me. Be a people that strive to accept each other. Father God, this church It's an incredible building. It's an incredible group of people. And I know that you're moving through this room. My prayer is this. Make them even bigger. Increase their number, but increase their power. Let their increase of your power be what increases their number. We don't want to just add members. We want to add brothers and sisters. Help us to live in a way that we are together. That we show the unity that you're asking for. Help us to live in a way that anytime any one of us falls down, there is somebody there to help them get right back up. Father God, thank you for today. We love you so much. Amen.